Today's reading is taken from Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Matthew 28, starting at verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Let's get straight into that. We join Jesus and the disciples at an end and a beginning. An end of Jesus' time with them, at the end of Matthew's Gospel, the beginning of the what next. After three years with Jesus, they face an uncertain future. Living under the shadow of the mighty Roman Empire, which had killed Jesus, they must have felt pretty small and pretty vulnerable. How would they all get on? After all, verse 16 starts with the poignant reminder that they're already a man down because Judas uh, and his betrayal. What would their three years with Jesus mean now in the big wide world? How would they get on once they were scattered? Now, of course, we live also under a shadow at the moment. And so I can imagine that some of our questions might be similar to some of the questions that the disciples would have had back then. Here then, in Matthew's summary of that precious time that they had together with the risen Jesus, as Jesus refocuses them and commissions them, he's doing the same for every Christian church and for every Christian person right up until the end of the age. I wonder, um, who are you most looking forward to seeing once we're all allowed out again? And how are you planning to greet that person or those people when you get together again? I bet it's not how the disciples, it's not the same as how the disciples greeted Jesus in verse 17, if you look down. When they saw him, they worshipped him. What do we make of that? What do we make of worshipping a human being as God? Remember, these are Jewish people, fierce monotheists, have been brought up since childhood. There's only one God, lives in heaven, unapproachable light. If you're not sure how that would feel, maybe if you've got a Jewish friend, ask him or her and um, see how they respond to the idea of worshipping a human being or ask a Muslim friend. That's the worldview that these first century Jews were brought up in and that's how they saw things until they met Jesus and realised not only that he was God's Messiah but that when he rose again, well that settles it. This isn't just someone speaking and acting for God. This is God himself coming to the world to the rescue. So verse 17, 
When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Don't you love that detail? If you were making up a, a hero story, I don't think you'd include that line. You'd only put it in if you were recording what actually happened. So Jesus answers their doubts, he reminds them of all his authority, and then he commissions them all, believers and doubters alike, to get involved in his mission. Two parts, it's the call to make disciples, and that assumes, of, of course, the, at first, the, first of all, that we uh, have answered the call to be disciples of Jesus. What's a disciple? It's simply a learner. So verses 19 and 20, when Jesus' first disciples make new disciples, they're told to teach them to obey everything that Jesus commands. To be learners. Christianity starts not with the call to change ourselves or to become more religious, but to learn from Jesus Christ. So what do you reckon? Do you have what it takes to be a learner? Number one, you've got to be able to listen to what someone else says. Number two, you've got to be able to take on board what someone else says. So that whatever Jesus says is what you and I trust and what you and I follow. When you're learning to drive a car, you have to put L plates on. As soon as you pass your test, though, you're really happy to take them off. And in fact, you look forward to that day. But Christians never lose our L plates. We don't somehow at a future point graduate, graduate to a higher plane. No, for as long as we're alive, we are learners from Jesus. We are disciples. And actually, lifelong learning is a good thing. Uh, I know of a, a chap in, in his retirement who started learning Latin. He wanted to keep the grey cells um, uh, sharp, and so he decided to do that. Uh, my, my own grandfather, when uh, he was in retirement, uh, he started painting and found that he was actually quite good at it. In the last few weeks, it's been a learning curve, hasn't it, for all of us, as we've had to learn new skills, new routines. And it's been frustrating, but there's been some good things in it as we've had to reset and rethink. Jesus calls us all to be disciples, to be learners. Not just verse 19 to make a beginning by being baptised, but verse 20 to obey everything I have commanded you. That's what's going to be lifelong, is learning to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. Being shaped by Jesus' words, all of Jesus' words, not just being selective and choosing our favourite bits. It's why Christians will constantly go to the Bible, to tune in there to the big story of everything, from God's purpose in creation, to God's promise of a new heavens and a new earth, and at the centre of it all, God's plan of sending Jesus into the world as our saviour. We want to know more of it. We want to absorb more of it so that our personal stories fit into God's big story. We want to pray for his help to understand 
to live life in response to all that he says. That's discipleship. So as we establish new routines in this lockdown, many people are coming back to that habit of daily making a time to read a bit of the Bible and to pray to God in response. Whether that's first thing in the morning or later in the day. And if you need an idea for that, uh, then uh, Word at Work is uh, a simple way that's an online uh, resource to access. I'll put the link uh, at the end. As Jesus' disciples during this lockdown, we want to invest in habits that will bless us now and when we come out the other side of it. And we don't do it all alone. We're in it together as a church, which is why normally that hour on a Sunday in this building is just so precious as we hear from God together, as we sing together, as we pray together, as we encourage one another. And it's why we're doing online church during that same slot. So we keep the routine, we keep the rhythm and we keep that contact with uh, God's word and that contact as we pray and as we sing together. God calls us, Jesus calls us to be disciples, to be lifelong learners. That's our identity as Christians and as his church. He also calls us, secondly, to make disciples. Verse 19, therefore, there's a logic and a flow to this. Go and make disciples. Those who know Jesus will want other people to know about him. Other people in their family, other people in their neighbourhood, other people at work, other people, the people of the world. We want others to discover the wonder of his love the good news of his salvation. Of course, Jesus could just appear to people in visions, and sometimes he does. But the normal way he wants other people to hear about him is, is as one person tells another and can then encourage them and point them to places where they can discover more. It's a bit like ripples in a pond. You know that? The stone is Jesus coming into the world, his death for our sins, his resurrection from the dead, his victory and the new life that he gives. That's the stone into the pond. And it ripples out as one person tells another person, tells another person through the ages, all the way until it's reached us. And then it will go on from us in that way. Now, to reassure, this is not some sort of pyramid scheme or some kind of power structure. Christians are not trying to make people into disciples of themselves, or at least they shouldn't be. We're saying to one another, though, and to everyone else we meet, let's all be disciples of Jesus. Sit next to me and let's learn together from him. And again, that's why the Bible is key. It's not just hearsay from one person to another and getting changed over the years. We go back to the source to listen to what Jesus actually says. To listen to what he says through those he commissioned uh, in those early days to teach the church, the disciples, uh, the Apostle Paul and the others who wrote the New Testament. Sometimes, well though, when we talk about Jesus, there'll be some pushback. And so we're going to finish by seeing the three alls that are here in verse 
18, 19 and 20. All authority, verse 18. All nations, verse 19. All ways, verse 20. All authority, verse 18. Jesus is not only qualified by his death and resurrection to talk about life and death and the hereafter, he's also given all authority by his heavenly father in human affairs. He's the boss and his purpose is for his church, for his people, to be those who are spreading the news about him. What does that mean during a lockdown? I think it it simply means as we learn from Jesus as his disciples, we will, uh, we will do what Peter says in a later letter. We will have opportunities to give a reason for the hope that we have. But we want to do that very much with gentleness and respect. That's how Peter describes it too, especially uh, with family or work colleagues who didn't get a vote on whether they're stuck with us or not. And we want to be the kind of church that does all we can to pass on the good news of Jesus to other people, to our neighbours and our neighbourhood, to help them to discover new life in him too. And so as a church in these coming weeks, I'd love us to run an online version of Christianity Explored or Alpha. And uh, if you're interested in that, or if you've got friends who would be interested in that, then let's get in touch. And as soon as we've got two or three of us, then let's uh, launch that course and help others to use this lockdown to get to know Jesus better for themselves. All authority, uh, verse 18, all nations, verse 19. Good news on this scale is for the whole world. Uh, if Jürgen and his team uh, are uh, successful, and we hope very much that they will, or uh, people like them will be, if they're successful, in this uh, pilot trial they're doing in treating uh, inflammation in the, in the lungs uh, and helping to treat coronavirus, then they're not just going to share that with the Netherlands. They're going to share that with the world. And other scientists like them are going to do the same. Jesus has beaten sin and death. This is the ultimate good news for the whole world. So when the disciples were scattered, they took the message with them everywhere they went. To all nations, to everyone, to everywhere. Uh, a great example is Thomas, um, one of the uh, doubters in the early days, but who by reputation uh, took the gospel all the way to India. Finally, says Jesus, verse 20, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus had called them together to prepare them before they were scattered. They're not going to be able to come to him like this anymore. So Jesus promises something new that will be true not just for them, but to the very end of the age. He says, even though you can't come to me in this way anymore, I will come to you. He's looking ahead, of course, to Pentecost, uh, to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Not just to be with the disciples, 
but to be in his disciples. The personal presence of God the Father and God the Son mediated to his people by the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. Isn't that astonishing? What a privilege it is to come to know God through Jesus Christ. And it means that Jesus comes to you and to me. In your home, whether you're on your own or holding the whole household together, he comes to you. He comes to you in your workplace. He comes to those on the front line with the NHS. He comes to those who are worried about money or worried about your health or worried about your mental health. Jesus says, surely I am with you always. It's the most wonderful promise, one that we can totally trust and we can pray into because he's with us as we pray. It's especially true when we gather together as a church. And so we do miss it and we do look forward to being able to meet again. But whatever our circumstances, now or in the future, Jesus is with us always. And so we want to be disciples who make disciples wherever he gives us opportunity.